and he's calling you today. And if you would come in faith and rip off that garment that's representing whatever is plaguing your life today and say, Jesus, I'm coming in faith. I'm coming to you. I'm expecting my miracle today. Well, praise the Lord. Come on. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. Come on. Rejoice all ye people in the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so blessed to be here. What an awesome weekend, man. What do I even say? Thank you, Jesus. I mean, Friday night was just incredible. Like Pastor was saying, being on the bus, it was like, I felt like I was in a movie, man. It was like, I can't even explain it. I was just getting so hammered. I told my wife, I, I was trying to actually film because you, you can tell somebody about it, but it, unless you were there, unless you actually saw it, there, there had to have been 50 cars and motorcycles and police cars and just this long line going through the city and how we're just the, the praise on the bus and the prayer and, and it was so loud and everybody in the streets was looking at us, wondering what was going on. It was just so surreal. And I wanted to film because nobody would believe me even if I told them, but I couldn't even film because I was just, I felt like just, I don't know. I was in awe. I was just, I couldn't even believe what was happening. And I just, all I could see was heaven invading the earth and heaven invading Fort Pierce and heaven coming to every home, to every street, to every school, to every business and touching people and changing their lives. So it was awesome. Then Saturday going out on the streets, so powerful, so awesome. And then today, man, I've already felt like I've been to church. I'm just weeping on the front row. The presence of God is so tangible. I'm telling you, if you would just grab a hold, if you would just press in today, if you would just get your eyes off, don't, not, not me or my wife, and, and I appreciate you, uh, your pastors having us back. They're such a blessing. Are they not a blessing or what? But, but. You know, we're here to worship Jesus, and we're here to lift his name up. There's nothing special about my wife or myself, and I'm telling you, if you just put your eyes on Jesus, he has something for you today. If you just get rid of every distraction, don't worry who's here, who's not here, who's sitting next to you. Don't worry. Get rid of all of that and just put your eyes on him. I'm telling you, he has something fresh for you today. You will leave this place. You won't leave here the same way you came in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to get right into the word, you know. And uh, of, of course, the last time I was here, your pastor did the same thing. He, 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 he steals my notes before service, and then he, he, uh, he quickly scans my notes and then comes up and preaches my message before I can even get up here. So that's a joke. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not serious. It's amazing because he's like, you know, He's just hooked up in the flow. It's just so awesome, you know, and so, and I was just getting so blessed. I mean, how many feel like you received something already today? Yeah, you know, and, and that's what you have to do, and that's why we lift our hands, and we don't, you know, when, pa when your pastor says, just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. God has something for you. You know, it's just a sign of surrender, like, Lord, come and have your way in me today. Come and do whatever you want to do. I'm going to shut my mind off. I'm going to un unlock my heart today. Hey, Lord, I just want 
whatever you have for me. Come and do whatever you want to do. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for more of you. I don't want to stay the same. Lord, I'll take whatever you have for me today. And if, you, if you'll come like a child like that, ready to receive, there's no telling what he's going to do from now until the end of this service. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about spiritual hunger today. It's, it's so crucial because it's easy to get distracted in life. It's easy. Distractions come and go. And, and th- you know, kids have been back in school and we're in work mode, school mode, all these things. And so it's going to be easy. You know, the enemy would love to come in, especially this church, the way you've experienced revival over the summer and what God is doing in this place. You know, you don't get this everywhere. I, my wife and I, we travel all over. You don't see the life of God flowing in places. You don't see the power of God being demonstrated on a Sunday morning. You don't see people full of life and full of joy, praising God just with all their heart. It's rare. Unfortunately, it is rare. So you, you got to understand what God is doing here. And the enemy would love to come in and just get you distracted. And so that's why it's, it's not your, your pastor can do his best to preach you hungry. He can do his best to stir you up. But there's got to come a time where you have to take it for yourself because your pastor can't get hungry for you. You have to get hungry for yourself and you have to stir yourself up. That's why Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift, fan in the flame, the gift that was given to you when I laid my hands upon you. Fan into flame. So you actually have to get hungry and say, Lord, I'm hungry today. I'm thirsty today. I know you touched me yesterday, but today I want fresh oil. Today I'm hungry today. Yesterday was in the past. Today is a new day. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So if you just come hungry like a child and with your arms open, say, Lord, I, I'm going to receive everything you have for me today. I promise you, you won't leave this, way the sa- the, this place the same way you came. Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, I felt like even as I was sitting here and your pastor's ministering, I was just getting filled. I was just getting filled. And I was just grabbing a hold of of what he was seeing. See, the anointing is actually tangible. You can actually reach out by your faith and receive from the anointing that is in this place. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is here today. And he wants to anoint you with fresh oil. You know, the Bible says in Christ Jesus, all things have passed away. All things become new. See, with the things of God, they never get old. They never get stale. The word of God never gets old. It might get old to you. It might get stale to you. But you have to make the decision that I'm not going to get old. I'm not going to get dry. I'm not going to get stale. I'm going to stir myself up. I'm going to stay hungry. I'm going to stay on fire. Lord, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. I can promise you right now, as, as great as things as my wife have seen in, in our travels and in, in our ministry and our personal lives or whatever, we are more hungry today than we've ever been before. You might say, oh, that's great. You're young and, and everything, and you'll see, you know. No, no, we're not that young, actually. And, I mean, we feel young, you know. <laughs> I feel young. I feel fresh. But, but yesterday when we were out soul winning, the bus came, and some of the kids took off running. And so I was like, oh, there's no way you're going to beat me back to the bus. And so I took off running, too. And I wish I would have just chilled. <laughs> 
Because I got back to the hotel, and I was like, oh, man, I feel young in Jesus' name. <laughs> but it's not just because I'm young. It's, I've been serving the Lord. The, you know, last time I was here, I shared my testimony. I have a radical testimony, totally saved, set free, radical pornography, drugs, alcohol, sex, all kinds of addiction and bondage, pills. I was broke, busted, and disgusted. And God came and radically, I had a head-on collision with the power of God. I had an encounter with Jesus. And since that day, since I experienced the realness and his love and his power, I have never, ever been the same. I, he's been the desire of my heart. And it's not something that just stopped. It's every day. I'm so hungry. I'm so thirsty. I don't want to miss one thing that he has for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, yes, praise the Lord. Thank, thank you, Jesus. He saved me. He washed me. He cleansed me. He set me free. I, I should have been dead 10 times over. But thank God for the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. And so now I'm just hungry, man. I want to see God move. And I want to see people have that same kind of encounter. I want to see people come to a place where they can encounter the power and presence of God. Because if he did it for me, he can do it for anybody. Nobody is too far gone. But you have to get hungry. You have to be thirsty and say, Lord, I'm, I'm hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And Lord, your word says if I hunger and thirst, that I will be filled. Not that I might be, not that I may be, but I shall be filled. So, Father, I just thank you for every person here today. Father, I thank you for your anointing that's already here. Lord, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. Lord, I promise you I will never get casual around the things of God, around your anointing, around your presence. We determine in our hearts today to stay hungry and thirsty. Lord, I thank you that you anoint my tongue. You make it the pen of a ready writer. Lord, I ask that you would speak through my mouth, think through my mind, touch through my hands. Have your way in this place. Holy Ghost, come and do whatever you want to do. Touch change, set free, deliver, have your way, go where the knife of man cannot go, do what only you can do, Holy Ghost, and we promise ahead of time to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, hallelujah. So your spiritual growth will actually not be determined by how much you know in your head. You know, the Bible says without knowledge, people perish. The people perish, right? But also the Bible says knowledge puffs up. And so we have to be careful that we don't get so full of our head knowledge that pride comes up. Look what I've done. You know, the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, lest you say, look what the might of my hands have done. Look what I've done with my business. Look what I've done with my family. Look where, we, where, where we've gotten ourselves. Look where we came from. And look, yeah, that's a great testimony. But it's important that we always keep our eyes on Jesus, that he always gets the glory, that we do not forget him. For his blessings. Amen? Amen? We keep them first place. So, so it's important that we don't allow our, ourselves to get puff, puffed up and we don't allow pride to come in. Because pride is actually the blocker from receiving from God. Pride will block you up. It takes the humble person to receive from God. 
If you humble yourself before the Lord, He will lift you up. So we come, when we come into His presence, we come humbly. And we come with expectation to receive what He has. So that's why we lift our hands, because we're surrendering. We're humbling ourselves before His mighty hand. And we're saying, Lord, I lay my life again afresh to you today. It's about living a consecrated life. Every day, I lay my life down afresh today to you. I consecrate myself to you afresh today. Lord, come and touch me today. Come and fill me today. I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll be whatever you want me to be. Not my will, but your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life on this earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So, you know, we need our head for our practical things. We need our head to, to brush our teeth and take a shower and, and do all these things that we, that we need to do. But we can't allow our head to override our hearts. We have to allow our hearts to, to stay pliable and soft to the things of God and allow him to come and have his way. And you know, it's like your pastor was saying, it's hard for people to turn off their heads sometimes and people get busy. And maybe you've been sitting here and you're still thinking about other things you got to do today and this week and everything. But you know, if you would just turn that off and just open your heart today, I'm telling you, you will receive a breakthrough like you've never seen before. Because when God comes, I mean, Think of the testimony about the brother who said that uh, a Friday night, something unlocked on the inside of him. That, I mean, that is so powerful. That's the work of the Holy Ghost because in that moment, he laid down everything in that moment and said, God, come and do whatever you want. I want, to, I want that gift. I want everything you have for me. And then he gets out of his head, lays it on the altar, and then boom, the fire of God comes, consumes that sacrifice, unlocks his heart, and then he ta- the very next day, he explodes in the street and living water begins to flow from him to a lost and dying world. We have to open up our hearts to receive. It's about yielding. What's yielding? Yielding is giving God the right of way to come and do whatever he wants to do. You can't say, Lord, you can have this, but please don't touch that. It's not this and that. Because I understand people go through things and people are dealing with things and there's maybe areas of your heart that nobody else knows about and they're sensitive areas. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe the people have done wrong things to you. I don't know. Everybody's story is different. And so those areas may be sensitive and guarded. But you can't guard those areas because God already knows. He's already been there. And you have to allow him, as painful as it may be, as uncomfortable as it may be, you have to give him the the right away. You have to yield to those areas and say, Lord, I don't want this thing anymore. I don't want it anymore. If you can take this thing from me today, I give it to you. 
Yielding. What do you do when you yield in your vehicle? You come to a yield sign. You pause and you give the other vehicles the right of way. That's what happened when we were out on Friday night. The police officers came and they blocked the roads and everybody had to yield to the and give the right of way to our caravan to go through. And that's what it is with the Lord. We yield. We give him the right of way. Lord, come and do whatever you want to do in me. Because what he does in you, he will do through you. So the greater work, the bigger work you allow him to do in you, the greater work and the bigger work that he will do through you. And I'm not just talking about ministry. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're, in, if you're in ministry or you have a desire for ministry, if you're in business. Man, the creativity is unlocked in the Holy Ghost. It's meetings like this where the tangible presence of God is here. I literally, I can see the glory of God in this place today. And it's meetings like this where the presence of God is tangible, where he unlocks things in your heart, where supernatural ideas will explode in your spirit, where creativity will begin to flow from you, where God will start, drop an idea to start a business, to start a company, a new way of doing something, supernatural ideas, witty inventions. It's in the Holy Ghost. Everything is found in the Holy Ghost. It's not just about a church service. Because when you leave here, you are carriers of the glory of God. He is not just here in a building. He is in you. And he is the greater one. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. So the move of God, it all flows from a relationship. It's not a formula. It's about a flow. Like you see, your pastor, he didn't have anything prepared. He's not preaching today. But he gets up here and the Spirit of God comes upon him and he just begins to step into that flow because he's in relationship with the Lord. So with our lives, whether it be at your workplace, your job, the marketplace, if you're sensitive, you can step over at any moment into the flow of the Holy Ghost. We have to be yielded, though. Holy Spirit, I yield to you today. Show me whatever I need to do. Show me things to come. You've already been in the future, Holy Spirit. Show me. I'm yielding myself to you. I give you my heart today. I give you my life today. Holy Ghost, use my mouth, my hands, and my feet as your mouth, hands, and feet today. And watch, watch. You'll step over into the supernatural. You actually step out of the realm of the natural into the supernatural. What's the supernatural? It's God anointed you with the Holy Ghost and power where his super comes on your natural and the natural becomes supernatural. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, we, we know because uh, Hebrews eleven six. we'll just go there. It says, and, and this is like your pastor was saying today, this is all done by faith. It's all, everything we do, everything we receive from the Lord, it's by faith. When you're saved, it's by grace through faith that we're saved. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's the same way. What do you do? You believe in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth. Everything we receive from the Lord is by faith. You can't see it, but it's tangible. You can grab it in the Spirit. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please 
be well-pleasing unto him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. What, what is he? He is God. He is who he says he is. He is the great I am. He is the all-sufficient one. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is the God who is more than enough. He is the way maker. He is a God who makes a way where there is no way. He goes before us. He makes the crooked path straight. He is who he says he is. He is I am. Hallelujah. So he that comes to God must, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Be well pleasing unto him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, but get this, that he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. People say, well, you know, someone might say, well, you know, we seek his face, not his hand. I think I say that's bogus, because if you seek his face, you, his hand is automatic. So without faith, it's <clears throat> impossible to please him. But he is a rewarder of them that seek after him. So everything we receive from God, we receive by faith. That's why we have to come with expectation every day, not just on Sunday. Every day, we're in expectation of the goodness of God, that his blessing is going to come upon us and overtake us. Every single day. Lord, I'm, I'm expecting. Like, what are you actually believing God for today? You don't have to tell me. I'm just asking you. Because many people just go through life, que sera, sera. They just come and, and they, they go to church because it's the good Christian thing to do. But they're really not attaching their faith to anything. So what are you believing God for? And if you can say, well, I don't really know what I'm believing God for. I want to challenge you today. Attach your faith to something. Even as the offering went today, as you put that gift in the offering, you should be, you're, you're attached to your faith. You're saying, yes, Lord, I honor you and I bless you and I give because I love you. But as I give, I thank you that your word says that you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, so you're actually, faith is, a, you see, faith is an action word. And faith is in the now. So it's like as you give, you expect to receive. Because it says given, it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And you can't outgive God. I'm not preaching an offering message. I'm just talking about action faith. But you can take that if you want to. It's faith in action. Faith is an action word. And faith moves God. It's not that our tears move God. And I'm not saying God doesn't care about you. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He is exceedingly abundantly above everything you could ask, dream, or desire. He loves you exceedingly abundantly, beyond your comprehension. But it's not that our tears move God, but what moves God is our faith. Faith pleases God. Faith moves God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you want me to go even a step further, the Bible says that anything done outside of faith is actually sin. I'm not, that's not my word. Don't get mad at me. 
So, but, but it's by your hunger. See, this is what's awesome. Because your hunger will provoke your faith for radical things. Your hunger will actually provoke your faith to do the impossible, to believe for the impossible, to see supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles. Your hunger provokes your faith. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. I love this. Well, you just want everybody to be on fire. Yes! You just want everybody to be blessed. Yes! That's why we're here. We're not here to get blessed, even though every time we come here, we get super blessed. I'm weeping. The power of God's hitting me on the front row today. I'm just sitting here. My God, please help me. How am I even going to get up there and minister to these people today? We want to see everybody. That's why we're here, to see every heart set ablaze, because it's the only way to live. Man, when I was in the world, I lived so radical for the world. I was on fire for the devil. I was on my way to hell, and I lived radical. I was the partier of all parties. Anything I did in sin, I did it to the max. So why... Now that the Lord has saved me and set me free and delivered me and brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light, why would, I, why would I not be even more radical and on fire for the things of God? Because it's not a game. And it's not just a, something we do. And it's not, we don't do this out of ritual. It's about a relationship. And you have to allow the word of God to just marinate your spirit. You can't afford, especially in this day and hour that we're living in, you cannot afford one day without getting into the word of God. Because that one day that you miss God's word for you is the day that the devil's gonna come and try to steal from you. Because the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And his word is true. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So his word today is going forth like a hammer and like a fire. And you don't even realize it, but it's penetrating your heart today. Because it's like a sword. And we have to learn as believers to grab a hold of the word of God and use it as a weapon. Because it's good news. Not just for us, but for the whole world. This is a good news for all the world to hear. Hallelujah. Everybody say good news. Thank you, Jesus. So there's nothing but bad news. They, 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 there's nothing but bad news out there. You turn on the news, bad news. Social media, bad news. You go to school, bad news. Whatever. Everybody wants bad news. They're pumping fear over here, fear over there, fear COVID, fear this. No, 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 no. Not fear, faith. We are not people that are going to draw back, but we are people of faith that are going to move forward with action, and we're going to grab hold of the things of God because Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. No, I just want to be casual, though. I just want to be mellow. I'm actually mellow. I'm actually more mellow than you, to be honest with you. 
You don't, maybe you don't know me, but this is not how I am like 24-7. I'm actually a very mellow person. I'm a surfer. I love to surf. I love to hang loose, man. And my wife's always like, you know, why are you so quiet? You know, why, why when we get around people, you know, you're, you're very mellow and very quiet. And I actually am. But the, it's like the prophet said, there's like a fire shut up in my bones. And I want everybody to experience this fire power. I want everybody to be carriers of this fire. Amen? But you got to get hungry for it. You got to get thirsty for it. And I know every need in here today is different. I realize that. But you know what? It makes no difference to God. Whether you have a, you, whether you stubbed your toenail or you're dealing with cancer, it makes no difference for God, because faith pleases God. And if you just reach out today, he has a miracle in store for you. I'm telling you, there's people here that you have pain. You walked in here with pain in your physical body. You're going to leave here with a miracle. Things that have been plaguing your body for years. Today, you're going to have a breakthrough, and that thing is going to leave your life, and it will never return in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Did you find Mark chapter 5 yet? Okay. Let's go to verse 24. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. Over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she got, had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she said, this translation is not good, but but what the uh, King James, I love what it says. It says, she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his robe, I know I will be healed. And immediately, the bleeding stopped. When did the bleeding stop? Immediately. Immediately. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you say who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. I love what the Passion Translation says. It says that Jesus' eyes scanned the whole crowd looking for the one who touched him. You know, your hunger and your desperation will cause Jesus to pass by everybody else and come find you. But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here is a woman. She had suffered for 12 years, constant bleeding. She's an outcast to society. By Jewish law, she wasn't even allowed in public places. 
In fact, if anybody touched this woman, because she was considered unclean by law, and if anybody touched this woman, they were considered unclean. But here she is in her state that she was, that she had suffered for 12 years, and she had spent all the money that she had on all the doctors, many physicians, but her, condi her condition only grew worse. And I can relate to the woman because I spent all my money on drugs and alcohol and a party lifestyle. And I wasn't getting any better. I only got worse. So the woman said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Radical faith. Because her being in public like she was, that by law, she could have been stoned to death. Because she was considered unclean. She was an outcast to society. She was weak. Imagine bleeding constantly for 12 years. I don't want to get graphic, but just for the women in here. Once, once a month, some of you experience something. And you get very tired and emotional. Well, imagine that for 12 years constantly. That flow going out from you. Dealing with that constantly. And that's what this woman was. She was weak. She was tired. She was exhausted. She, didn't feel, she probably felt like giving up. But there was something on the inside of her. There was a hunger. There was a desperation. There was a desire that said, if I can just touch, I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will, not that I might be, not that I may be, I will be made whole. And she reached out in faith. Think about her. Weak, tired, trembling, pushing through the crowd, trying to get to Jesus. Because there was many people there. The Bible says the crowds were crowding him. And the woman came in the press. Many people were touching Jesus. But nothing was happening. What was different about this woman's touch? That she received a miracle. Because she actually, when she touched Jesus by her faith and by her hunger, she drew virtue. Healing virtue flowed from him into her. And the cleanness and the anointing that was on Jesus flowed to the unclean thing that was plaguing her. And in an instant, that woman went unclean to clean. Hallelujah. She placed a demand on the anointing. She placed a demand on the anointing. That's why I asked you today, what are you believing God for? What did you come here today? Did you come just to hear a nice message? Did you come just, why? Why did you come? What are you actually believing God for? Because he's looking from a, for a response from you. He's looking to where your faith is today. What do you believe? Do you need a breakthrough in your finances? Do you need a breakthrough in your family? Do you need a breakthrough in your marriage? Do you need a breakthrough? Whatever it is, God is looking for, for you to respond to his word today and take action by faith and say, I'm going to press in. Everybody just say that. Say, press in. Press in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. No, because many people are always waiting on God. 
We're waiting on God. We're waiting on God to move. We're waiting for revival. No, revival is here. Revival is now. Faith is now. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. God moves with the people who move. And he is in you. When you move, he moves. They're waiting for God. Oh, if, you know, there, was, there was this song in the 90s, because I actually grew up in a Christian home, and I grew up around the things of God before I walked away from the Lord, because religion and tradition turned me off. But there was a song that said, Lord, let me know you are near. It's like, Give me a break. Gag me with a spoon. <laughs> Will you draw near to me? No, he, he, said, he actually says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It's like when you take that step of faith, he's already right there to meet you. You don't realize what's on the other side of that one step that you need to take. It's breakthrough, man. It's radical. Hallelujah. Jesus said, come unto me. All who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13. Then you shall call upon me. See, everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11. It's, all, it's on all of your refrigerators. I see it prophetically right now. It's, above your, it's on your mirror in your bathroom. Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans for you, says the Lord. Plans for prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future unexpected in. And that's really powerful. But actually, the next verse is even more powerful. Verse 12 and 13. He says, then you. Everybody say, that's me. Then you shall call upon me. And you should come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Psalm 63, 1 and 2. Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked in you, looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Hungry and thirsty. That's why Jesus stood in, in John chapter 7, verse 37. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. He said, if any man thirsts, you say, why are you yelling, bro? Because I want to be like Jesus. If any man thirsts. That's what he said. He said, Jesus stood and cried. Let him come unto me and drink. And I will give him living water. Out of here, belly will flow rivers out of your innermost being, out of the spirit man, the true man, the one, the man that your pastor was talking about this morning, out of your belly, out of your innermost beating will flow rivers of life giving water. If any man thirst, let him come to me. Think about Jacob. Jake, Jacob, man, radical, wrestling with God. Are you kidding me? God said, let me go. Get off me. <laughs> Jacob said, no, I will not go until you bless me. He wrestled till daybreak. The Lord even tried to get him distracted. Hey, the sun's coming up. You got things to do. You got to take care of the cattle. You're not going to get your chores done. No, no. Jacob said, no, I'm not letting go. Today is my day. I'm getting a blessing from you. 
and the Lord touched Jacob. And he, think about that. The Lord touched him and dislocated his hip. Wow. Everybody said, well, I don't know if I want that touch. <laughs> but for the rest of Jacob's life, he walked with swag. <laughs> hey, bro. What, hey, bro, what happened to you? Uh, uh, God touched me. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, come on, we got to press in. God's waiting for us. He's looking for the hungry and the thirsty people. He's looking for radical people. The Bible says those that know their God will do exploits in his name. Come on, it's time to take the land. It's time to push back. It's not the time of the Antichrist. I don't care what agenda the New World Order is pushing, the, global, the globalist government, the banking system. I don't care what kind of COVID agenda they're trying to push and what kind of fear we're gonna, they're trying to push on the earth. No, it is not time for the Antichrist. Now is the time of the church. Now is the time of the living body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to take territory and push back against the tide of the enemy. And no weapon, I prophesy over all of your lives today, no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Okay, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Can I, love, can I see your Bible? Sometimes, you know, some translations, you got to be careful. Because they, they actually take the power out of the gospel. That's right. Verse 17, one of those days, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come from every village and town of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present with them to heal them. And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. See, it's like the woman with the issue of blood. There was a press there. There was no way to get the, get the paralyzed man in. They went up on the roof and lowered him with a stretcher through the tiles in the midst of Jesus. And when, they saw their, when, he, when Jesus saw their confidence in him, springing from their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiving you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and question and argue, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Arise and walk? 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has power of authority and right on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your litter, your stretcher, and go to your house. And instantly, everybody say instantly. The man stood up before them and he picked up what he had been lying on and went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God. That's why you see the kids up here worshiping the Lord. What are they doing? They're recognizing him. The, the Bible says everywhere Jesus went, people went walking and leaping and praising God. But I find this very interesting. Right here. It says that in verse 17, and the power of the Lord was present to heal him. But the house was full of religious people. And it doesn't say anybody was getting healed. They were having a meeting. Jesus was there. There was many people there. So much, so, so much people that the, the men who had brought the paralyzed man couldn't get into the house. And the Bible says during this time, the power of the Lord was present to heal. But nobody was getting healed. It wasn't until these men, full of faith, so desperate to see the paraly their paralyzed friend receive a miracle that they brought. Now imagine this. Think about this. I'm just going to put it into per perspective because we're here now. Imagine this. The place is full. All right. I prophesy that in Jesus' name. This place full to overflowing. This building will be too small and it will happen suddenly in the mighty name of Jesus. So the place is full. We can't, we're to capacity. Nobody else can get in because of the fire marshal, right? And so, but there's some radical people that are believing God for a miracle. And they bring their friend and they put a ladder and they climb up on the roof of the church here. And they begin to drill and dig. And while I'm preaching, they bust a hole in the roof and they begin to let down a paralyzed man through the roof into the middle of the meeting right now. And all the religious people are sitting there saying, oh my gosh, can you believe what they're doing? But Jesus said that he saw their faith. And he told, because of that, he told the man, you're, not only your sins are forgiven, but take up your bed and walk. So his sins were forgiven and he received a miracle. That's what salvation is. It's not one thing or the other. It's not this or that. Salvation is all inclusive. It is salvation. It is deliverance. It is healing. It is joy. It is peace. Hallelujah. Sozo. That's what salvation is. Go with me to Mark chapter 10. Verse 46, I believe it is. Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Oh, excuse me. I, I skipped verse 48. So when, when, 
when uh, blind Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then he called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you, and throwing aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered him and said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. And James and John, the sons of Devity, approached him and said, Teacher, we desire that you would, whatever we ask you. And he replied, What do you desire? What do you want me to do for you? So think about this. Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, and then he asked the disciples, What do you want me to do for you? And that is like what Jesus is asking you today. What do you want him to do for you? What are you expecting to receive from him today? Where is your faith at? See, blind Bartimaeus, he could have just sat there, blind, broke, busted, and disgusted. He didn't have to open his mouth. And that's what the enemy wants to do. You see it with censorship on social media, censorship around everything. They want to keep you quiet, make you feel like there's something wrong with you. If you have an opinion, the enemy doesn't want you to have an opinion about anything. They want everybody to be the same. They want to lock you up, shut you down, strap a diaper on your face so you can't talk so you just look like everybody else like a bunch of robots it's a tactic of the enemy to shut your mouth to keep you down to keep you quiet to keep you from stepping in to what God has for your life but that wasn't what blind Bartimaeus was there for he was there but when he heard that Jesus was coming he began to cry out Jesus Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And you know, I can tell you there's been many times in times of prayer when I'm crying out to the Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, come and do your work in me. Whatever you have to do, shake me to the core. Shake everything in me that can be shaken. Lord, I don't want to stay the same. Lord, help me to see people the way that you see people. Lord, give me your heart. Baptize me in your love. Father, I'm so hungry. I'm so thirsty I pray like that still till this day in my time of prayer I pray like that change me if there's anything in my life that's offensive to you take it out I don't want it I want to be on fire I want to serve you with all my heart I want to do everything you've called me to do don't let me miss one thing you have for me so blind Bartimaeus he cried out Jesus, have mercy on me. See, blind Bartimaeus, when he was sitting on the side of the road, he, he, he wore this garment. It was like a white garment or a robe. And it, it, was a, it signified that he was sitting there and that he was a blind man. When Jesus called blind Bartimaeus, before he got to Jesus, as soon as Jesus called him, that thing that represented his illness 
That, that thing that represented that he was blind, broke, busted, and disgusted, that he was just a beggar and an outcast to society, as soon as he heard Jesus call him, the Bible says he ripped that garment off and ran to Jesus. See, some of you have been carrying things that have been holding you back, and that's what the world does. They want to wear a badge. Oh, I'm, I'm a cancer survivor. Look at me. I'm this. I'm that. They want to, or, or, you know, I have, I have this problem, and I have that problem, and they wear it like it's a badge, even though it's an attack of the devil that's on their life. And Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly, and Jesus wants to set people free. He doesn't want people sitting on the road blind, broke, busted, and disgusted. And he's calling you today. And if you would come in faith and rip off that garment that's representing whatever is plaguing your life today and say, Jesus, I'm coming in faith. I'm coming to you. I'm expecting my miracle today, right now, in Jesus' name. That thing will leave you and never return. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, that's the power of God right now. Just close your eyes. I don't want to be that person, man, that just, the Bible, Jesus said, they worship me with their heart, but their hearts are far, but they worship me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. The psalmist said, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts after you, O oh God. He goes on to say, deep calls unto deep. Deep cries unto deep. It's the deepest places of your heart crying out for the deepest things of God. Take me deeper, Lord. Take me deeper. Take me deeper in your presence. Holy Spirit, I can't go deeper unless you take me there. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty today. Please take me deeper into your presence. Take me deeper into your glory. Take me deeper into an encounter with you. Take me deeper into my relationship with you. I want to know you. I don't want to know about you. I don't want to know you through my parents. I don't want to know you through my spouse. I don't want to know you through my pastor. I want to know you. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family No matter what you're going through I got you and you got me